listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you've joined us. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan is running for a third term in office. If he is successful, he would be just the second mayor in the city's history to be elected three times. He's going to face off tomorrow against former Deputy Mayor Anthony Adams. Here to talk about why he thinks voters should give him another four years in office is the mayor of the city of Detroit, Mike Duggan. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me on, Stephen. So with just under 24 hours left before voters begin making their decisions about who's going to be the chief executive here in Detroit for the next four years. I wonder if you can tell me what you think you want voters to keep in mind as they're preparing to cast those ballots. Uh, Well, the biggest thing is get out and vote. Uh, And right now that's the the focus of our campaign. We've been out hitting doors and phone calls and texts because you get into these kinds of elections, the, the people who are the angriest and want change, they're motivated. They go out and vote. Uh, but but people who are feeling good about things, we need to make sure uh, that those voters get out, too. And so really, it's been a get out the vote push for us. Hmm. So if you had to choose a signature achievement of the first eight years that uh, you have been mayor, I, I wonder what what you would uh, say that was. Um, I think I've had a big role in changing the tone of politics in the city. If I could transport you back in time to eight years ago, uh, the mayor was fighting with the council constantly. The mayor was fighting with the unions. The city was fighting with the suburbs. The city was fighting with Lansing. And we spun down into bankruptcy. And instead of uh, reaching out a hand in partnership to anybody, uh, everybody kept fighting with each other. And so if you look at what's happened uh, in the last eight years, City Council and I have a lot of disagreements, but there haven't been any of these personal attacks. There have been policy issues that we've worked out. I've gone eight years without vetoing anything uh, by City Council, which is something that I don't think we've ever seen. Uh, it's certainly not as far back as we have records on, on vetoes, but we've also had good support from Lansing. We, of course, have great support now from Washington. But if you look at the tone of this election, a lot less us versus them. I look at these city council races that are going on in District 6, District 4, ML Elric and Letitia Johnson and, and Gabriela Santiago Romero and Hector Santiago. They're talking about positive things they want to do for their district. They're not attacking each other. Mm. Uh, and I think that's been a very healthy thing for the city. Mm. So uh, the last time we spoke, uh, of course, we were up on Mackinac Island and uh, you had recently announced that you didn't want to participate in a debate with your opponent, uh, Anthony Adams, and we had a conversation about that. And and in it, you talked about the the effort by his campaign to kind of frame this as an us versus them uh, election, and that was one of the things that that bothered you about that campaign. I, I want to talk in a little bit more um, and a little bit later about that decision, but. One of the things that he said in response to that when he was on the program, I thought was pretty interesting. He said, we live in a city where there are profound differences and profound gaps between Detroiters who live in some neighborhoods and Detroiters who live in others, between people who are trying to bring development to the city downtown and people who are doing it in the neighborhoods, and that by pointing out those gaps and inequalities, that's not exploiting them. That's not 
that's not acting inappropriately uh, about those issues. It's trying to draw attention to them. I wonder, I wonder how you would answer uh, that criticism. Well, I, you know, I, I try to take it seriously from a corporate attorney who lives behind two gates in his community uh, that, that that is what he's now uh, concerned about. But when we started this campaign, we had a national pollster, Al Quinlan, and he said, you can't believe the numbers in Detroit. By a 65 to 30 margin, Detroiters think the city is going in the right direction. He says, we don't see that anywhere in America. People in the country think the country's going the wrong direction. People in states think the states are going the wrong direction. You talk to people in Baltimore and Chicago and Seattle and Minneapolis. He says, as long as you keep doing your job, Detroit is the national outlier in people feeling good. He said, your one candidate who could give you a serious run is if somebody who came in and said, uh, yes, we made progress, but let me show you what I would do better. Uh, and I kept waiting for that to happen. It never did. So, uh, I, you know, I'm not getting engaged with somebody who doesn't have any of their own ideas. And the voters can decide whether that was the right decision or not. But in in past elections, uh, you've faced uh, other candidates who I, I think were saying many of the same things that Anthony Adams is saying. And in fact, those candidates didn't have the qualifications that Anthony Adams has. I mean, he was the deputy mayor here in in the city uh, and and ran the water department and lots of other things. What what's the distinction in your mind between him and the other people you faced? Well, of course, I had enormous respect for Benny Napoleon, who was a great public servant. He had a really good agenda with an idea to, to focus on the city a mile at a time, and I adopted a number of his ideas. Coleman Young had a transportation idea to deal with mass transit on an elevated rail car that he brought up repeatedly. We actually did a great deal of research on it uh, internationally. Uh, these were people who were bringing forward good ideas for the city. They weren't just spewing negative stuff. Uh, and so I felt like they were uh, strong candidates who had ideas. But uh, in this campaign, of course, you have never had uh, a candidate come through a primary with less than 10 percent of the vote before. So it, it suggests to me that the public responded the, the same way. And you've been around long enough. I, I was supported Coleman Young in 81, 85 and 89. Uh, he didn't debate his opponent in any one of those three years. He did so, not. That's true. Uh, uh, so. Uh, you know, I made a decision, and I got to tell you, uh, Stephen, when I go into the neighborhoods every week, nobody says to me, oh, my God, I need a debate to make up my mind. Nobody said that to me. Hmm. Uh, I, I want to move on just a little bit and get to some of the questions that our listeners have for you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, Anthony on Twitter uh, wants to know about DDOT services and whether you think they are sufficient for riders in the city. Uh, Jimmy on Twitter also wants to know uh, why he says you're not doing anything to solve the bus driver shortage issue. He says nobody wants to hear a rehash of what you did in 2014. Uh, he says bring some of that same energy you had for lowering auto insurance uh, costs to to this issue. Uh, talk about transport transportation in the city and where we are with the bus driver shortage and with the the route issue that has come up uh, in the last couple yeah, the, of weeks. The, there's no doubt about it. The 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 uh, DDOT service is not where it should be, and I'm not happy about it uh, at all. Uh, we are only pulling out two-thirds of the service that we did 
pre-pandemic. Uh, and uh, we just gave the drivers the largest pay raise in history. They ratified a contract six months ago with more than a 20 percent uh, pay increase. Uh, but uh, what you are seeing, and you're seeing it in school districts that can't get school bus drivers and the like, uh, is that bus drivers in this country see the, the health risks uh, and see the pay and uh, are not uh, flocking to the jobs as they were a few years ago. Uh, we build, anybody who's been on the DDOT buses know this, we, we built the protective doors that shield uh, the drivers from the passengers. So we have done a good job of keeping them uh, healthy. And we're talking to the unions now uh, about uh, recruitment enhancements. We've got a class uh, going right now, but I'm not happy with the DDOT service. I'm focused on it every day. Uh, and it's going to be a matter of uh, uh, of filling these driver positions, and we're, we're going to solve it. But it's bad right now. So, so I wonder if the federal money that is headed to Detroit, uh, some eight hundred million dollars, which I, I can't I can't remember the last time a Detroit mayor was maybe about to start a term with that kind of boost, uh, financial boost uh, from from anywhere. But I, I wonder if that is money that could be helpful in this in this effort to to shore up transportation in the city is that the kind of thing that we should expect out of the arpa funds i think we are going to do it in one-time capital things you're going to see um upgraded software systems you're going to see um upgraded uh, uh terminal systems are going to get the buses fixed quicker and get them on the road but Stephen, I'm I'm lost sight of the fact I'm the man that came in during a bankruptcy. This federal money is gone in 2024. Mm-hmm. So the easiest thing in the world as a politician to do is spend it all the next three years in ways that you know go hire 400 more police officers, go go raise the pay of bus drivers, go do these things, and then in three years when the money's gone, and by the way, extra pensions kick in from the plan of adjustment. Uh, and now uh, a mayor in 2025 is right back uh, in, in financial crisis and threatening our, our retirees' pensions. So uh, everything that we do with the American Rescue Plan money, and city council, to their credit, has backed this, is going to be for things that have long-term benefit for the city. But they don't have recurring expenses that extend beyond uh, when the money's received. Hmm. Uh, I also want to have you talk just a little about it's been eight years that you've been mayor. I asked about what signature achievement you would point to over that time. I wonder if you can identify the thing that you think was your biggest failure over the first two terms. Uh, right now, there's probably nothing uh, I'm, I'm more unhappy about than the bus service. I mean, I ran the smart bus system. I take a lot of pride, mm-hmm. in, and we had dramatically built up data with the new buses, the articulated buses, the Connect 10 routes. I was really proud of the direction uh, DDOT was going. And probably uh, the thing that I'm most aggravated about is the step back we've taken in bus service. Mm. Uh, I I also wonder, and I know we only have a couple minutes left here, but as I said in the open, you'll be the second mayor in the city's history to be elected to a third term if you're successful Tomorrow, let's take a second and talk about the the legacy that that represents and and the historic, I guess, marker. Did did, did you ever imagine that we would be at this point when you first decided to to run for mayor? You know, I, I look at the historic 
aspect, and we've been electing mayors in the city since 1824. Uh, and the notion uh, that on, on January 1, I will be the second longest-serving mayor in Detroit's history, uh, it does uh, it does hit me hard, and it makes me feel like uh, I have an enormous uh, responsibility. And, and the people of the city, Stephen, if you're with me, people are great to me. The grocery store, the gas station on the street. For eight years, the people of this city uh, have just been enormously supportive of me. And uh, it uh, it just means, you know, that I have that much more pressure on me in the next four years to, to continue uh, to improve the quality of life for, for the people who stayed. Because the people who stayed were the ones who elected me, and, and they're the ones who have been so far reelected. Okay. Mike Duggan, mayor of the city of Detroit, uh, good luck in the last day here of the campaign and tomorrow uh, on Election Day. But thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today. Good to talk to you, Stephen. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the big local elections in the suburbs with two reporters who are covering them. There's a pretty hot mayor's race in Dearborn and one going on in Pontiac as well. We'll hear from those reporters about uh, what's going on in those subdivisions. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.